This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions because it's time to dish the dirt. On The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. And this is Franklin Proctor saying uh, good morning to the darling of the daisies who sits opposite me here in the studio, Thank Charlie Dobbin. Good morning, you, Charlie. Franklin Proctor. What do you think of those raptors? How about, well... I run out of superlatives. I know. I mean, you can only go so far before you start repeating yourself. And uh, well, it's certainly happening on the television. Every pundit is repeating themselves. (laughs) But what a what a marvelous thing to happen to this city, and a marvelous thing to happen to those guys who work so hard. Not just the city; it's it's Canada, Canada, right? It's like Canada's team. It's really brought so many people together. Absolutely. Boy, it was so funny. I mean, did you watch after the game what was happening in the streets? Oh yeah, just dancing and partying and up on. On top of various and sundry <laughs> vehicles. One of the funniest things is watching John Tory dance. He does yes, not have um, much rhythm. Um, no, no, that's right. <laughs> he did look very awkward. Nonetheless, the guy, and I, I hope people take him up on his word, he said to all the employees, <laughs> Errs, give your folks time off, off to go see the the, the, parade. the parade. Ten o'clock. I wonder how they're going to do that. Like, I hope they'll have them. It'll be like some open. Well, no, no, they're going to have double decker buses open oh. at the top, oh, so the top you'll be able to see the guys. Okay. You know, because you know, Kyle Lowry's kind of guy. He's going to want to get down on the crowd and talk yeah, to yeah, people, right? Yeah. Like Kawhi's going to want to sit up top. Like, <laughs> yeah. Kyle loves the fans, but you want to hear something so funny? A little YouTube clip, and this is relevant to the Garden Show. Just yeah. in case you're wondering, um, my kids have been sending me all these little clips. So there's this very drunken guy on Thursday oh, night yeah. and there, there's the people on the street interviewing yeah. the man on the street. So there's this drunken guy and he's walking around and he's holding this large palm tree <laughs> yes. that he's obviously pulled out of a planter along the <laughs> yeah. road somewhere. And and he's kind of stumbling along and of course the, the interviewer goes, oh, you know, what do you got there? And he goes, uh, this is a housewarming gift for Kawhi. <laughs> and he's like, what do you mean a house? He goes, I want Kawhi to stay here and this is a housewarming gift for him. It's a coactus. <laughs> exactly. It's a coactus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What is it? It's a cactus. What kind of cactus? It's a coactus. <laughs> Just like too, too silly. Yeah. Oh man. Anyway, everybody's in a good mood, uh, and why not? Yeah. Let's let's celebrate. It happens so seldom in this. City. I agree. So, alrighty. Enjoy it while you can. We Better have, do we the have numbers. Folks already but you want- lined up, but let me let me give the phone numbers. I have All things right. to do. In Toronto, four one six three six zero zero seven forty, and then if you want to get a hold of Charlie from anywhere in in the province of Ontario, it's free of charge. One. 866-740-4740. And please keep our little mantra in mind. Call early, call often. One question per call. And if you happen to be a first-time caller, uh, you let uh, Sebastian know. He'll let me know. And you get your garden wings. Excellent. First-time caller, yeah. Okay, so a bunch of things going on. Of okay. course, we're in the prime time for open houses and open gardens. So today, Gates Open Home and Garden Tour is hosting their seventh annual Gates Open, featuring some of the finest homes and gardens in the Bluffs mm-hmm. area of Scarborough. The proceeds from the event go to the Scarborough Health Network Foundation. Today, from 10 till 4, get your tickets at Cornell Campbell House, which is 3 6 
2-0 Kingston Road in Scarborough. Uh, and enjoy that. That is a very, very fun event. Also today, if you're in the Port Hope area, we have the beautiful Country Gardens Port Hope Garden Tour happening all day today. Tickets are $25, and I believe you'd be able to get tickets right at some of the ticket outlets in Port Hope, like Holton Flowers, Furby House Books, and Acanthus all will have tickets for sale. The funds raised go to the Port Hope Heritage Foundation for the restoration, rehabilitation, and conservation of our built heritage. Monday, the Blenheim Hort Society is hosting a floral expert from Cultivated Blooms. There's going to be some demonstrations giving that will be given away for door prizes, but you can also create your own beauty by bringing a vase along with some of your garden flowers. 7.30 in the evening, Trinity Anglican Church, which is at 59 Ellen Street in Blenheim, in the lower meeting room at 7.30 p.m. All right, now this is a big one, and this is next weekend. It's Toronto's literally biggest free garden tour. It's the Long Branch Garden Tour. It's uh, taking place next Saturday, which is the South Etobicoke area in the city. The tour is inspired by neighbors getting together in the community and deciding it would be fun to invite the public to see what they're up to. No kidding. Hey, yeah. This, so yeah. this tour this year consists of close to 40 gardens in what was once Toronto's early cottage community. The neighborhood of Long Branch. Uh, the tour kicks off at 9 a.m. next Saturday with a free talk by our friend Sean James. And that's happening at 85 31st Street. Gardens are open from 10 until 4. Rain or shine, everything's free. There is a 12 noon talk by Jeff Mason, also at 85 31st Street. So something for everyone. Children's planting activities, dozens of gardens open. Um, the Etobicoke Master Gardeners will be on hand to share activities, um, answer questions, talk about pollinators. Website for more details, longbranchgardentour, all one word, dot C-A. <clears throat> And one more, the third annual Mississauga Garden Festival, highlighting Riverwood Park. That's at 4150 Riverwood Park Lane in Mississauga, Sunday, January 23rd from 10 to 4. The event highlights this amazing Riverwood Park. It's a unique 60-hectare nature park on the banks of the historic Credit River. The featured speaker will be Stephen Biggs. You remember Stephen? Mm -hmm. He's going to talk on edibles in the urban landscape. And his daughter, Emma, who I know oh, yes. you remember, yes. will talk to children about how they can plant and grow vegetables. All free. Get down there. Enjoy. And certainly enjoy Stephen and Emma. More information, MississaugaGardenFestival.ca. Whole raft of stuff there. Yep. My gosh. <laughs> All right. We, uh, I'm going to tell you, uh, pull off to the side of the road for a moment here and give uh, Charlie time to regroup to answer questions coming in from folks like, well, Chris from Dunville, who's waiting on the line very patiently here to talk to you, Charlie. Back in a moment. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, fox, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You've picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Okay, Charlie, let's go to Dunville and say hi to Chris. Good morning, Chris. Welcome to the show. Good morning. Yeah, I just got a, a quick question because I know you get lots of calls. Uh, Charlie, could you repeat the mixture 
that the guy come up with <laughs> in the plastic bottle use on your tomato plants? I sure can. I had a feeling you were going to ask that question. So I just happened <laughs> well, to... It started to grow in the last five days. They've been in for a month. I know. We finally got some warmth. Wow. Oh, my gosh. The soil has actually gotten above freezing, I think, for the last week or so, which is great. And that rain really helped, too. That really, it was a kind of a warm rain mm-hmm. rather than the cold, miserable rain we've been having. <laughs> All right. So it's this is Warner's top secret recipe that I'm going to share yeah. right now. Warner Gardens in Tilsonburg, and he apparently has the best tomatoes in the world. So what he does is he uses a water, like water bottles, cuts the plastic, bottom plastic water out bottle, of yeah. plastic water bottles, and then inserts them neck down beside each plant. So he's got multi bottles out beside each, you know, one yeah. bottle per plant. Yes. And into that, that cut open end that's sticking up into the sky, he every week drops in uh, two teaspoons of... Well, how much was that again? Two teaspoons yes. of skim milk powder. Oh, skim milk powder. That's the sucker. <laughs> <laughs> One teaspoon of Epsom salts. Oh, Epsom salt. Yeah. One teaspoon. And then he pours water into the container so that all those little um, powders dissolve and slowly feed down to the roots. So you put it in. You put it in dry, and the water does its mixing. Exactly. Okay. Super and you just simple. Cut the bottom out. Yep. Sticker in the ground right yep. beside the tomato plant. Yep. And do that once a week. Apparently, Chris, let us know how how that goes. Okay. <laughs> that's well. That's, I'm I'm definitely. Try it. Thanks a lot. Happy gardening. Thank, thank you, you too. And I'm sure Warner's going to be thrilled at how many people oh. are getting a hang of yes. his, his famous, famous recipe. All righty. Doreen in Belgrave, Ontario. Good morning, Doreen. Good morning. Good morning. Two years ago, when we pitted the sweet cherries, we put the pits in the garden. <laughs> yeah. The next spring, a whole mass of the trees. <laughs> yeah. So... We transplanted them. We left one where the hill of pits were. It is now over three feet tall. What do we do with it? It has little branches to the ground. Oh, so is it a single stem? If you look closely, yes. okay, good. Yes. So you want to maintain that single stem, uh, whatever you do. Do not take the top off of that tree. Um, protect it from anybody knocking the top off. You want it to be a, a, a literally, ultimately, a tree with a you know terminal bud that's nice and vertical. None of this bushiness. So what you can do, starting now, is over a period, and this is going to go on for years and years and years. You will, uh, on a nice dry sunny day with sharp scissors or pruners, remove just the lower branches, so that say you've got. So you said it's three feet tall and yes. it's branched right from the bottom. Yes. Um, you know, you could take up to um, any of the branches off from the ground up to about the one foot level. So whether that's four or five branches. And of course, well, you're going to make your cuts close to the main trunk, but not damaging the main trunk. You will see a, a very clear what's called the branch collar. Right. And you're going to cut right outside the branch collar. So nice clean cuts. On a sunny day, it will heal quickly, and that little tree will just slowly but surely get taller and taller. And over the years, you'll what we call raise the canopy. So you're going to continue to prune it up over the years. 
We think this is exciting. <laughs> it is. It is be interesting to see how it works because sweet cherries in Ontario are usually not grown on their own roots. They're usually oh. grown on the roots of sour cherries. Oh. Uh, just because of the, um, hardiness and vigor of the sour cherry trees. So it, this may not be a long lived project. You'll have to keep us in the, keep us in the loop on this and see how this works out. The, so, sounds good so far though. The original tree is grown in the area and is very old. Mm-hmm. They will last. They can, oh gosh, a cherry can last probably up to 100 years, 75 really? to 100 oh. years. Yeah. Huge, huge trees. Beautiful, but you know, really big, mm. lots of cherries, lots of birds, um, lots of drunken birds eventually. <laughs> 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 so let us know how that works out. I'd, I'd love to hear if it becomes a tree that bears fruit. That's very yeah. fun. Thanks so much, Doreen for joining us here on a a Saturday morning. And by the way, to all the uh, fathers out there, happy Father's Day in advance to you. Well, and you too. You're you're a father. Yes, indeed. Happy Father's Day to Uh, you. We have uh, Mabel online uh, from Caledonia. We'll get to her in just moments. And a reminder, the phone numbers in Toronto, 416-360-0740. Anywhere in the province, toll-free, 1-866-744-740. Back with the Garden Show and Charlie Dobbin in moments. Don't change stations just because the weather changes. Garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. And uh, as we uh, glance out the window, a little windy out there this morning, and clouds are starting to move in. And a loud a marathon going on yeah. around us. Yeah, that's right. Made that's it a right. little tricky to get here this morning. Well, let me uh, do a marathon <laughs> over to Caledonia. Hi. There's Mabel. Good morning, Mabel. Welcome to the show. Good morning, Charlie and Frank. Happy Father's Day. Oh, thank you. Welcome to the show. Thank you. I have a little problem. No, I have a big problem with a big maple tree. Oh, yeah. Uh, in 2017, I had this tree moved. Now, it's about, oh, it'd be 25 or more inches around the trunk, and it's about 28 feet tall. Wow. It was fantastic last year. In March, it started to come out into bud, and I was confined to the house for a little while and I wasn't paying a lot of attention to it but I noticed a week ago that it never went on and came out into leaf. Now there is a uh, just at the root there's about a 12 inch crack and you can see fungi starting to uh, develop there. But throughout the trunk at different intervals there's a crack of about an inch or an inch and a half. In the bark. So I believe that winter probably did it in. Although if you take a little branch off, mm-hmm. it's still green in the branch. Mm-hmm. So it isn't so completely dead. But is there any way of giving it any hope at all of the... Yeah, well, it's hard to say. It depends how uh, devastating the bark damage has been. So what I would suggest, because it's a bit hard to diagnose, you know, how, you know, whether this is ultimately going to kill the tree or whether there is hope or not, because sometimes it comes down to, you know, how healthy the tree was. Now, obviously, moving a tree that large is always you know, um, tricky and stressful. Um, what I would be inclined to do would be to get a hold of a local qualified certified arborist to come on your property and do a diagnostic on the tree. And uh, I know, um, Oh, my brain's going to go on hold. I was going to say shady lane. No, what's the one that's the, the big one. Um, anyway, I'll remember in a minute. Uh, Cause there's one that's all across Canada. Oh yeah. Anyway, <sighs> 
<laughs> you see their trucks all the time, but I'll remember oh, in a minute. Yeah, okay. uh, but main thing is you could also go to their website, International Society of Arboriculture, ISA, Ontario, and go to that website, give your postal code, and they'll tell you who's certified, who services your area. And someone at no cost to you will come to your property. If you hire them to do the job, of course, if there's a work to be done, it'll cost you money. But to to get a qualified diagnostic will not cost you any money. And that would be my suggestion. And I'm going through what you're going through. I There's a name just floating right in there. front I of my mind. I can see the yeah, truck. <laughs> me too, and I can't. <laughs> well, you know, it's nice to know that other people have that problem sometimes. <laughs> okay, now I'm feeling really <laughs> stupid. <laughs> Um, oh, Gadfrey yes, Daniels. Yes. Gadfrey Daniels. I like that too. So, um, <laughs> well, thank you very much. Yeah, and I'll, I'll and, try that. I mean, I knew it was a fairly big tree to move. Yeah. It Who, didn't have to be moved very far, but that still doesn't make it any less shock to the tree. Well, how? Who? Who moved it for you? Uh, a company out of Woodstock. Okay. And did they use a tree spade or did they hand dig it? They used a spade. Okay. Huh. Well, you know, it, it like I say, it is and tricky. And like I say, last year it was phenomenal. Right. So, mm. it, so it survived the first winter. I mean, the winters are the hardest. But bark, when bark cracks, that's always a, a bad thing because it just means that different... Everybody can get in. Exactly. Various and sundry soil-borne diseases can get in, but even insects that are carrying diseases on the outsides of their bodies go walking in and, and take stuff as well. So just something to be aware of. But um, but yeah, do, do uh, like I said, just go to ISA Ontario and uh, go through there and see if you can find somebody who will come right there. Find an arborist. Oh, coming soon. <laughs> All right, that might not work either. Well, maybe the people that you, that moved it for you were they? They're obviously tree people. If they got a tree spade, they may have an actual arborist on site who can come out and look, take a look for you. Thank you very much. And You're you have welcome. A good, day. good luck with Thank that. Thank you, Mabel. All righty. Uh, we have boy, that's driving me crazy now. Uh, that name. <laughs> it's all right. We'll get it before the, the yeah. show's over. <laughs> okay. Keep listening, uh, Mabel. We're here, on it. Here in Toronto is Lorraine on the line. Good morning, Lorraine. Hi, Lorraine. Oh, uh, hi, Charlie. Uh, hi. hi there, Lorraine. Hi, Frank. How hi. are you? <laughs> Good. Excellent. Thing. Good. Um, I have a problem here. I have rhubarb and I have three pots. And one is close and the other one's about 40 feet away. The one at the front started to develop these little yellow spots and then red ones, and the ones in the back 40 feet away have that. What can I do about that? Don't worry about it. It's connected to the weather. This happens. We get these really, really wet, particularly cold springs. Uh-huh, and we started. Yeah, and we'll always see a much higher uh, preponderance of fungal diseases. So when it comes to rhubarb, of course, we're not worried about the, the leaf blade. It's toxic anyway. You're never going to eat that. So yeah. a few spots. Unsightly, no question, but is not going to affect the long-term health of the plant and is certainly not going to affect your ability to harvest the stems. Should I cut the leaves? Off or I, I mean, I, I'm a big believer that as long as there's green in a leaf, I leave it alone. Yes. Once the leaf has gone completely yellow and has collapsed, absolutely yes. Remove and compost. Okay. 
Okay, yeah, there's still lots of green in it, lots yeah. of red spots. So that green is doing all kinds of good photosynthesis, building up the root, making it a bigger, stronger plant for the future. So, I mean, unless you're hosting the queen for tea and you want absolute perfection in your, in your garden, I would leave them alone. <laughs> okay. Okay. Thanks, Charlie. Happy Father's Day tomorrow, Frank. Oh, thank, a great one. Thank you so very much. You appreciate that. Uh, all right. I'm reaching for the bell here. Yes, oh, good indeed. Good for you. First time caller. That's for Alice in Burlington. Good morning, Alice. Good morning. Good morning. Welcome to the show. You go ahead, Alice. Thank you. Yep. I made it. I can't believe it. <laughs> yep. You're here. Coffee's on. Don't be a stranger. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, a long-time listener. Oh, good. Um, I am having a problem with these bees that fly singly, you know, around, and they, they never land on anything, but they burrow into my... Arbor wood, mm-hmm. they borrow into, uh, burrow into my uh, deck, mm-hmm. and um, I'd just like to know what I can do about that. Uh, do they actually burrow, or do they just uh, take away little shreds of the bark, of the, of the wood, I should say, of the deck and the fence? Like, do you actually see them drilling holes right into the wood? Well, I see sawdust. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So you know what you should do? You're in Burlington. So you're well placed. You've got some great garden centers around you. Go to your, go to your local Terra greenhouses or, or fact, you know, reasonable facsimile and pick up a bee house. There are some very beautiful, very ornamental, pretty, bee houses and or you can even make this yourself so all it is is take a tin can cut out both ends of the tin can and then you get all those now what are now illegal plastic straws that we're no longer buying or or Mm. disposing of and you fill i have right yeah yeah exactly (laughs) take that tin can with both ends cut out fill the tin can with straws so that the whole thing you know they're lying vertically or if you you know what i mean so the can is on its side it's filled with all these straws tie a string around the can and hang it up in a tree and all those bees that are going to all that work of having to drill into your wood will stop doing that and they'll move into the straws no kidding yeah yeah they're solitary bees many of them are native bees we need them we don't want to kill them we want to encourage them and you're right if it's they're pissing you off doing damage to your deck and And your fence and i last year after at the end of the year I uh, filled in with, uh, you know, like wood filler, mm-hmm. but, uh, you know, and that, not only that, they deal, uh, drill into one end and then they have another end, they have an entrance and an exit. That's oh, why the straws work. That's what yeah. I'm saying. See, they're basically laying eggs. That's what they're doing. That, it's all about procreation, right? They're, they're, ma- they're, they're busily pollinating and collecting and moving. Preserving their future. And yeah. laying eggs along the way. And of course, when you, when a bee lays an egg, a bee doesn't just lay an egg and then and walk away. They leave food for the little egg for when it hatches. And then they pack mud and then they do another, you know, it's all, oh, it's wow. very smart what they do. So give them a home. You can buy, like I said, a beautiful, very ornamental hang on the wall or hang on the fence bee house, or just make one with straws and a tin can. But the straws are big enough for the east. Uh, for yeah, the east to go in, yeah, eh? yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. They I don't need to be that... very big. Yeah. You can use bamboo poles. It's, it's quite small what they fit into. Wow. Because the eggs are tiny. Well, isn't I know. that neat? It's quite neat, eh? Oh. Oh, things well, we I'm learned. delighted you called, Alice. <laughs> <laughs> Got a whole bunch good of good stuff Good luck with there. that. Let us yeah. know how that works out. Yeah, thank you very much. Uh, let me repeat the phone numbers for those of you who uh, say, hmm, never a line open. Well, there is. We've got 
gosh, three lines open right oh, now my. in Toronto, 416-360-0740. And then anywhere in the province, it's toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. Okay, off to Holstein. There's Wilma. Good morning, Wilma. Good morning. Good morning. Welcome uh, to the show. It's, it's not a very good or bright morning, no. but it's morning, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> You're right about that. And last week, you had several people talking about the lily red beetle. Yes. Well, I don't know whether it's a pride and true, tried and true method, mm-hmm. but I have a spray that I use, and it seems to keep them under control. Oh, good. What's that? Um, I use a spray bottle, like an old mm-hmm. uh, Windex bottle or something mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. Fill it with water. Put about two teaspoons of dish soap. Mm-hmm. And right now I'm using Dawn mm-hmm. and a teaspoon of vegetable oil. Oh, yeah. Okay. And just spray that on the lilies. On the lilies. When you see the beetles or, or just on principle? Well, I have been doing it readily and and of course we have so much rain yeah. you have to keep at it right. because it, it washes. Just washes it all off right but the other day i was spraying them and there was an actual beetle on it mm-hmm. well he certainly done cartwheels when i <laughs> hit him with the spray so did cool. not like it now mind you i took him off as well <laughs> but uh <laughs> He was already in action before I took him off. All right. Well, that's good. I mean, you know what? So it'd be interesting to see. I wonder if he died or he just abandoned ship and pretended like, oh, yeah, I don't like that very much. And then he climbed back up onto the lily afterwards. Uh, you never know with those lily leaf beetles. But it's certainly worth a trial because oil is effective on them. So like an oil-based, mm-hmm. soap-based spray should slow them down and hopefully kill them. I find if I hide my lilies in amongst other plants, that helps too. The beetles don't find them as readily. So uh, that can help too. But thanks so much for that, Wilma. Appreciate it. Thank you. I'm going to take a little bit of a break. Just before we do, i got to fill you in on the action that took place at the back door on the farm uh, oh. last night. What's that? So, Well, we have you know the back door and there's a, kind of a mudroom mm-hmm. uh, before you go into the living room, etc. Right. And uh, Shirley was just at the, at the door. She said, oh my God, she started yelling and screaming. There's a chipmunk oh, in, in the- inside, and the little guy's tearing around. He's yeah. trying to get out, of course. And then as soon as she approached the door, he goes under the cupboard. Right. And so uh, last night I, I had to close all the doors uh-huh. and, you know, put carpeting up against, you know, because oh, those the little rooms. guys can, oh, gosh, tiny. They can get in, yeah, anywhere. Pancakes. But he's the cutest little guy. But she says, I don't care how cute he is. I don't like him. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, I I prop the door open with a shoe oh, and and to just, the outside. Yeah, and I'm I think he got out. Thank goodness. Hope so. Yeah. Otherwise, oh, yeah. all your cereals gone. Your oh, your nuts, your yeah, yeah, cocktail yeah. peanuts, all that stuff fun, is fun toast. Games. Alvin <laughs> is in the house. In the house. We hope out yeah, of the house. Exactly. Has left the building. We're coming back to say <laughs> hi to Marilyn in Pickering in just moments. You're listening to the Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin here on Zuma Radio. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than you realize. Should small creatures become a big problem, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. 
exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Well, Charlie, let's say hi to Marilyn joining us from Pickering. Good morning, Marilyn. Oh, good morning, Charlie and Frank. Good I morning. have a question regarding fertilizing my uh, cedars. Mm-hmm. Um, the I, I have it. It's a water-soluble fertilizer for cedars, mm-hmm. 30-10-10. And it's saying when using a sprayer, you can do it on the foliage, mm-hmm. which I wouldn't have done. I would have just gone around the base of the plant. So that's not going to harm the cedars by spraying right onto the, the, the foliage rather than at the, the base. Uh, you can do both. And oh. it, it will not harm as long as you make sure that you are doing the dilution that is recommended on the package. Okay. There's no question that if it was too strong of a solution, you could burn the leaves of the cedar. That's what I was concerned with. But if you look at the dilution recommendation, that's it's true. probably, um, you know, one tablespoon or 15 mils in one liter or whatever it is, yes, uh, four it liters, you, yeah. I forget. So whatever that dilution is, that can definitely be sprayed. Because remember, green leaves are able to absorb not only just straight water, but also fertilized water. Not not 100% of it, but it you will see a much a very instant greening up. There's absolutely nothing wrong with spraying. We don't typically ever spray our flowers per se, but the spraying leaves, excellent idea. Oh, okay. And this would be good. Uh, just some emerald cedars I planted yeah. last year. I thought I'd help them along. And then Definitely. a cedar hedge that's been in for a number of years, mm-hmm. but I wanted to kind of thicken it out a bit more. Yeah, good idea. Well, put on your gloves and comb out the emerald cedar because there's going to be a lot of brown in the middle. That's I've done that. Okay, good. <laughs> there was a lot. <laughs> exactly. They're famous for that. They just pile up all this brown stuff. And then with the hedge, I would give a shearing, a light shearing to top and sides of the hedge. That will certainly help with the thickening and making it more dense, okay. feeding the plant will um, encourage that growth to happen quicker. But, well, I listened earlier in the season and you had mentioned a fertilizer just for cedars and yeah. I was able to find it. So. Yeah, good. It's called cedar feeder, isn't it? Um, used this to be. one just says cedar hedges, evergreen tree and shrub. Okay. By, and that, green, by green flag. Oh, okay. There you go. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Thirty ten ten is a classic evergreen fertilizer. That's the right one to use for sure. Well, I appreciated your help earlier in the season, and I'm just going to give it another one now. But I, I'm reading it. I just wanted to check with spraying it on the foliage. Yeah, I, I would not hesitate to do so. Okay, well, thank you very much for your help. Thanks for calling. Thanks, Marilyn. You're, thank you. All Bye-bye. All right. Have a great day and great weekend, for that matter. And I hope uh, a lot of folks are going to be out on Monday morning to uh, greet the Raptors. You're going to have to be out early Monday morning. Oh, yeah. This is going to be another one of these overnight, oh. you know, get in line now. <laughs> I mean, it is it is a parade. So yeah. we've got all the way from right down, probably actually at their practice. Starts at Exhibition Stadium. Uh, it says that. Because yeah. you know where they're practicing is. We go by it on our way yes, to High yeah. Park, the OVO Center, they yeah. call it now. I would have thought it started there. But okay, so it starts down at the exhibition and then makes its way to I believe City that's Hall. true. I'll, I'll check that out and give the uh Well, they're right beside each other. Yeah. But either way, yeah, yep. you just want to get there early. Well, I know yes. my daughter. She was so funny because she lives right down at Parliament in Bloor in a high rise. Oh, right. Yeah. And when the Raptors won, she called us and it was so loud. You could just, yeah. (laughs) And of course, we're in Richmond Hill and, you know, you stick your head out the door. The whole place is asleep. Like it's dark. (laughs) It's quiet. It's one in the morning. Meanwhile, downtown Toronto has gone crazy. And everybody's just screaming. There's fireworks going off all over the place. She's like crying and screaming. And it's like, oh my goodness. (laughs) So I think she's going to go line up tomorrow night. Let it all hang on. Have have a ton of fun with it. Okay. Hey, just a minute. Frankie's reach for the bell. All right. That's for Ron in Mississauga. Good morning, first time caller Ron. How are you? Good morning. How are we doing? Good. Good morning. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much. 
Yeah, I have a, a dwarf Jap- Japanese maple. It's mm-hmm. about three and a half feet tall. Mm-hmm. But the foliage has grown all the way down to the ground. Mm-hmm. Anywhere I can raise a canopy. Well, okay, so is this a fairly newly planted ma- maple? It's probably five years old. Okay, and is it is an upright form? It's not a weeping form? Um, Meaning it's the, so some Japanese maples that the branches go from the ground up towards the sky, and some have uh, a, a stem, single stem, and then they the the branches weep from the top of that down like a weeping willow idea. Mm-hmm. So it's, yeah, yeah, it's got a it's got a maybe it's got a like say a three foot stem underneath, mm-hmm. but it weeps around like and, and it weeps all the way down like a weeping willow, but the. Um, the foliage uh, weeps all the way around to, right to the ground. Ground level, yeah. And you don't want that because those those leaves just get dirty and, and don't, you know, they shade out whatever else is growing down there. So you get right. out your and pruners. I'm not getting enough air system to them, right? Well, um, it's more aesthetic than anything. I think the maple will just cope with whatever it runs into. They're pretty good that way. But I, I have the same idea, dwarf, weeping Japanese maple. And what I do is get on a dry day. Obviously, it's still kind of might be a bit damp at your place. And I know it's supposed to rain again tomorrow. But on a dry day, just get out your pruners and take a look at the plan. I mean, Japanese maples are, should be very sculptural and, and balanced and ornamental, whether they're in leaf or not. So they should look great in the winter and with the leaves on them. <clears throat> so at this time of year, not a problem. Go to each branch, you know, sort of walk around the tree and, uh, and trim up, keeping in mind that this year that this plant is going to grow a good six or eight inches. Mm-hmm. So you can trim up six or eight inches above the ground, trim those branches up, knowing that over the next six weeks, they're going to grow back down and just, just, you just want them to kiss the ground. You don't want them lying on the ground. Right. Oh, by the way, you said that, um, in the wintertime, I lose all my leaves. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's right. Yeah, so you just see branches in the wintertime. That's right. Yeah, it's a deciduous plant. and But I'm yeah. just, my point is, is that it should uh, still be a, a balanced, good-looking plant in the winter so that this fall, after the leaves have all dropped, and you're looking at that plant, it should have that balanced Three, you know, 360 degrees of branching, just coming down and just literally kissing the ground, not, not trailing out onto it. No, it's like an umbrella. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it looks like an umbrella. And what, it's, it's, yeah, what I usually do in the spring before the leaves really get big and growing, I will take some time and prune out all the dead stuff in the spring because it's quite obvious all the different tips and different branches that are dead. And over the years, you'll find that there will be dead branches all intermingled with the live stuff because they do get very dense and not all branches survive. So a bit of a cleanup in the spring and that's all you need to do. Yeah, that's like, like take all, first thing in the spring is I take away all the dead wood. Yeah, good. And mm-hmm. all the little dead to ends. Yeah, exactly. But I've never raised it up because I, I thought there was, like, you couldn't really prune them because uh, they're so delicate. You are the boss. Remember? <laughs> Trees, plants do not control us. We control them. So you oh, great. <laughs> raise that canopy. That's right. You get in there, raise that canopy. Don't be afraid. <laughs> oh, thank you very much. You're welcome. Thank you, Rod. <laughs> and have right. a great Father's Day gathering. Yeah, that's, thank you. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually hosting a Father's Day gathering at my house <clears> tomorrow <throat> with my father and family. And, um, yeah, we're going to barbecue some lobster, a little steak, a little this, a little Whoa. that. Having all my dad's favorite desserts. 
it's it's have an extra plate. To, yeah, it's, yeah. I, we're not doing anything healthy. <laughs> yeah. It's all strictly like you know lemon butter, oh, yeah. <laughs> seafood, and lots of Good. sweets. <clears throat> He's going to be very happy. <laughs> okay, uh, we have to take a little bit of a break here, our uh, final break of the show. However, uh, we will come back and say hi to Francis. Maybe just around the corner here in Toronto. You never know. Uh, back in a moment. Uh, low phone numbers. Sure. Let me repeat those in Toronto. 416-360-0740. And anywhere in the province, toll free, 1-866-740-4740. Charlie Dobbin returns in just a moment. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, fox, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You've picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. All righty, Charlie. Uh, as, uh, yes. I've been doing ahead. my research. Oh, yes. <laughs> you know breaks for me. <laughs> <laughs> Mabel called earlier in the show about her maple tree that's not looking well. And, of course, it's a tree she spent money to move, and it's obviously a big old tree and hate to lose it. I suggested she call an arborist and just couldn't come up with the name of Davy Tree. D-A-V-E-Y. Right. Davy Tree is right across Canada. So that's the nice thing. It doesn't matter where you're listening from. You can call them at 1-866-828-5007. You can also catch them on the web under Davy Tree. And right on the web, you can request a free consultation or by giving them a call, you can set something up. Yeah, it doesn't cost you anything. Yep. And they've got smart people mm-hmm. working there. Uh, so, you know, that's, and where you are in, um, Caledonia, Mabel, I imagine they'll send somebody out from ha- the Hamilton office because they do have regional offices all over the place. There you go. Okay. okay. As promised, a hello going out to Francis joining us now from somewhere, maybe just around the hello. corner. Hi, Francis. Hi. Hi. How are you? Good morning. Good. Thanks. Good morning. Uh, I'm calling regarding, uh, bay leaf tree. Mm-hmm. I had it for about six or seven years. Mm-hmm. It was very nice. I used to to cut from it to use it for food, yep. but all of a sudden the leaves start getting dark brown, and oh. uh, I trimmed everything off, and it's still not growing very good. Is something wrong? Did I do something wrong to it, or well, is it dead? Did, did anything change? Did you move it or change it? Your pot repotted or anything like that? No, no. Uh, did you bring any new plants into your home? Um, no, no, I didn't. Uh, hmm. But I did have the. Um, oh my God. I can't remember what they call them. Uh, they used to have white flies on them. Oh, yeah. And, uh, hibiscus. Yep. And uh, I throw them away because I thought they're going to kill my other plants. Mm-hmm. Uh, could it be from that? Could be. I mean... Oh, so it's dead. <laughs> uh, well, white fly... I mean, what I would do... See, white fly, um, tiny, tiny little flying insects mm-hmm. that yeah. are pure white, but they are have... Their mouth parts are like little straws, and they stick their little straw-like mouth parts into the underside of the leaves of various plants, yeah. and they suck the juices out. Well, yeah. they love hibiscus. I mean, they'll fly miles to find yeah. hibiscus. Yeah. That's the only uh. thing I could think of. But if you got rid of all... Rid of them. But if you got rid of all the hibiscus, it is possible that the odd white fly survived, and they would never choose bay leaf tree as their first choice, but if that's all that was left in the house, they might have moved to that. So... Look on the underside. Are are any of the leaves green now, or are they all brown? Well, I cut most of them off because oh. they were brown and getting hard. Okay. Uh, but uh, I cut even some of the branches, mm-hmm. and it looks like they were dead. Okay. But on the top, there is leaves coming out. Right. See but that? It's not all over. Not around. No. The whole, you know, thing. 
Right. So something along the way has happened. And you said you've had it for a few years. I'm wondering if maybe, um, do you normally take it outside in the summer or do you leave it no, inside? No, I leave it. I have a sunroom. Okay. So, well, I'm just wondering if it might be worth kind of doing a, a kind of a, a proper tender loving care operation on this plant. Yeah. A new pot, fresh potting soil, um, trim, like once you've got it out of the pot, smell the roots. Are they swampy smelling? Has it been overwatered? If yeah. so, trim off any swampy smelling roots. Yeah. Nice fresh potting soil, nice fresh pot. Um, yeah. get it back into the ground, same level that it was, you know, planting at the same level and then yeah. trim back that upper growth till, to the new growth. So okay. it's crispy, so crispy, crispy. Most of the branches? Uh, if necessary, that's what you may have to do. If the root is alive, new growth will sprout. Will sprout. Okay. Okay. So that's what I would do. Rather than just letting it just wither away and die inside, I'd I'd kind of set a set a couple hours aside and just talk to it, give it all the right things to make it okay. a happier plant. Okay. So uh, right now this talk is about twelve inches, or it might even fourteen inches. Right. So cut it all the way down. Uh, well, you'd ra- you'd rather not if you don't have to. You cut it down till you get to live wood. So okay. cut, if it's crispy, cut another inch, keep cutting until it's no longer crispy. It's you've got a white center in the branch, or at least it's got some l- creamy center is yeah. what you're looking okay. for. Okay. Okay. All okay, right, French. Thank you so much. I you're love your show. Thank you. <laughs> thank I learned you. a lot from it. <laughs> Good stuff. Uh, Gia, well, let's give it a try here. We have first time caller Mike on the line from Etobicoke. It's a Good fast morning, one. Mike. It's a fast one. <laughs> morning. Good morning. How are you? Great. What's going on at your place? I have a maple tree with burgundy leaves, an amateur grower. Mm-hmm. I'm just I'm just wondering about manipulating one little cute branch that's about halfway up my tree. And I want to try to get it to grow up instead of like a long. Oh. Is it, can we tie things? Can we tie little uh, branches? Sure. Are we able to manipulate yeah. a, an angle of growth? Yeah. Any question or no? No, it's an interesting question. Um, is, is, is It's an old maple? Yes, it's a big old tree. It's about 30, 35 years old. Okay, so what you should do is go on the web, Google bonsai. Go, bonsai. So B-O-N-S-A-I. Yes. Bonsai is the art of manipulating trees to dwarf them, but also to change the, the way they grow. So you're not going to dwarf this tree. It's already a big tree. Yes, but ma'am. But you can learn a lot about how to wire a branch and how to manipulate the direction direction in which it's growing. Ah, there you go. And of course, it's, okay. when you do wire a branch, it's, you don't leave the wire there because you'll kill the branch eventually. So it's all about wiring it and over the period of time, loosening the, the wire and eventually removing it because you have redirected its growth. Mike, do us a favor and give us a call back when you've been able to do that. Take pictures. How, yeah. Do before and afters. See how it goes. <laughs> That's where I would suggest you'd get your best information. Very good. Hard, hard to explain on the radio. Okay. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Mike, and yeah. to all the rest of the callers too. Yes. Indeed. And uh, look forward uh, to coming back this afternoon, 1 o'clock. Yes, you are. You're all ready to go with yep. uh, what's on in the city. Of course, there's tons going on right oh now. Oh, my gosh, yes. Oof, no shortage of activities with those raptors. We gotta, yeah, yeah. We're so <laughs> proud of them. So, um, yeah. So you're going to go to the parade on Monday? Uh, I'm kind of uh, debating about that. <laughs> are you? Yeah. Oh, well, I bet you Shirley would love to go. Well, now she only totally slept yeah. through the game yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to oh, make up for oh, it. Oh, you're getting me in trouble now. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Sebastian. Couldn't do it without your help. Thanks very much, Frank. Big happy day to you tomorrow. Thank you. And thanks to all our great callers. See you again next week. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740.
This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.